It's the bottom line. On News Radio 610, KONA. From the Tri Cities to Olympia to DC, we break down, break down the stories of the day and the people making the news. And that's the bottom line. Time to get the bottom line. Presented by McCary Meats in Basin City with your hosts, Rob Francis and Ed Dawson. The DOE is defending its position regarding Hanford cuts with some serious allegations. And will the first 20 Dems please stand up? But first, give us your bottom line. It's your voice, your show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509-547-1610. Welcome to the bottom line. News Radio 610-KONA. Happy Thursday to you. Rob Francis at Dawson here, 547-1610 to get involved in the show. Also, you can hit us up via email, 610kona.com, your name, where you're listening, and what you'd like to say, as well as on Twitter, at Bottomline610. And uh, we are getting close to election season. Uh, There are elections in our area. We'll be hitting the primary sooner than later, uh, probably about, what, fair to say, eight weeks. And the primary will be upon us, maybe slightly shorter than eight weeks. Um, and in some areas of the state, it's already at a fever pitch to help voters maybe either decide informationally or maybe just to tell voters who they should vote for. An entrepreneur has come up with a website that will allow you, by answering a handful plus maybe one or two questions, will help determine which candidate best aligns with your value system. Oh, well, that makes things nice and easy. It does. It's called AlignVote. And right now, it's It's a website um, that will... It's AlignVote.com, and right now it's only available for use with the Seattle City Council races. Okay. So no matter what district you live in, you can click on a district, Mm -hmm. answer some questions, and it will rank the candidates based on the answers you gave. To who best align with your ideology. Absolutely. And it gives gives you a rundown. Hmm. So you... Eight questions. All right, so I already did this. I did oh, this you before did. we went on the air. But you don't live in Seattle. I don't. But I randomly picked. <laughs> I randomly picked um, District Seven. Oh, okay. Okay. Lucky randomly, number seven. Lucky number seven. <laughs> randomly picked District Seven. Answered eight questions, and it gave me a list of candidates based on the place placing on the questions that I answered. Okay. Okay. So the way I answered the questions, Don Harper most aligned with the way I answer the questions. Now, I will going into this and reading the article regarding it, um, it it seemed very... Big brother-ish? Yeah, it it seemed big (laughs) brother-ish in a way, to where it was something that, almost like, you know, what Disney princess are you? (laughs) <laughs> you, you know that you fill out one of those things on Facebook, and it comes back with a, you're this person, and eight million people are the same, okay? Because it really doesn't take anything. It's like it's got a finite group of people, 
and it picks based on a couple of questions, but yet, no matter how you answer the questions, you and 8 million people <laughs> share the same one, I'm right? I'm sorry. That, that example, <laughs> all I could think about was that the princess that you best align with has got to be Fiona, the one from Shrek, you know, when, when she's in an ogre. Yeah, so I can totally see you looking like oh, that. Oh, absolutely. I go green when I get angry. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't like me when I'm angry. But... um I was pleasantly surprised. Now, granted, I'm still not buying into this completely. Right. But I was pleasantly surprised with the results page. It wasn't just Don Harper and that's it. Mm-hmm. It's a link to his web page. It actually has a culmination of news articles about the individual. And it also gives you his email address so that you can contact him if you have any further questions maybe about some of the things that you may or may not completely align with, what is your stance on this? Can you go further on this? Um, it also, if they have a campaign sign, it, it gives you an image of the campaign sign. So it wasn't simply just, you know, you're this Disney princess. <laughs> it's Don Harper, Don Harper's website, Don Harper's campaign sign, news about Don Harper, and Don Harper's email address. And it was the same for the second place individual, which uh, there were three that were a tie for second place based on the answers I qu- questions, the, the way I answered them. And then gave me a third, a fourth, and a fifth place. So it gave you a list of individuals to research mm-hmm. if you chose to go that far and find out where you match up with them, where you may not match up, and why they're ranked in that position based on how you answered the questions. What you just said there is why I'm a little torn about this particular technology is if you want to research it any further. For some people, even in Seattle, I would say that this would be a good tool for them to use who really don't have any clue who is running. This gives them at least a direction to go research the website and whatnot. But you know that there will be a good chunk of people who use the uh, the survey right. and the results from the survey to just fill in that bubble on their ballot without doing any for, well, you know, a line vote told me what to do. I, and is that wrong? Is that all that bad? It, you know, it, it's, it supposedly takes metrics into account. How different is that from anybody else being influenced by say a political advertisement well true you you've got that aspect to consider um but when you're talking i mean look there are more people that have filed to run for kennewick city council there's there's over almost three times as many that have filed to run for president yeah so you've got i think somewhere somewhere close to 60 individuals that have filed to run for kennewick city or for seattle city council across the districts. Mm -hmm. So when you're looking at that many people, a tool like this could potentially be helpful. I would think so. But at the same time, something like this could also be used by the uninformed, don't really want to do my own research voter to answer a handful of questions and go, well, okay, well, well, this is asking me questions that matter, and I'm just going to answer them, and this person, well, this is who I'm going to vote for. In a way, it's also, even though it is a an algorithm, it's also making the decision for you. It's also telling you this person aligns most based on eight questions we asked on the way you go. They're not 
they are yes or no questions. They're not three or four deep on multiple choice. It's two que- it's two answers for one question. So it's not as deep. And then what it also does is it gives you a scale. So if you answer the question yes or no, you have a scale to go from zero to 100% on how important that question is to you, mm. how important that issue is to you. But there's not three or four answers, so it doesn't go that deep into the algorithm to level three or level four. It just goes level one or level two. You know, do you agree with this? Yes or no. Do you agree with this? Yes or no. How important is the question? You know, zero to 100. Could it be developed further to potentially be of more use? It could. But at the same time, you're still talking about taking that element of research out of the equation. Because now instead of looking at an issue and kind of diving into the issue itself and looking at the the, the problems and potential solutions that have been proposed across the board, you're getting pointed to one individual's perception, one individual's platform, one individual's opinion, one individual's approach. True. Um, I will say this, though. I I think it's a little bit better, not a whole lot, but a little bit better than what a lot of people do when they get the ballot in the mail. They just pick a name they like or uh, the letter next to their name is, you know, and they just vote for everybody with that letter next to their name and put even less thought into it. At least with this survey, you have to think a little bit about what your values are and And so there is some at least reflection. There isn't a whole lot of research unless you want to take that next step. Is this a good idea? 547-1610-509-547-1610. Would this be a helpful tool for us here in the Tri-Cities? Or would it be something that if you're a Democrat to get through all the 25 candidates or whatever there are running for president 547-1610 is the number to call i just reopened the website and clicked on a different district ed and now i'm gonna blow this whole thing up uh-oh join the show call the legendscasino.com hotline 509-547-1610 back to the bottom line with robin ed presented by mccary meets in basin city on news radio 610 k-o-n-a This is the bottom line news radio 610 KONA 5471610. If you'd like to join the conversation, let's go right to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hey guys, this is Dave from Kennewick. Hi, Dave. What's up? So, this uh, little deal that you guys are talking about, the questionnaire to link you up with your most favorite politician, um, I think it could be used in a ways that may not be good uh what i'm getting at is i think that for people who don't do their diligence and look in into what these candidates stand for um uh, application like this could send you into a direction that they might be trying to create you know setting somebody up in particular to to get um, the most of the votes from people who might not have voted uh, at all, or might have voted for somebody different. It's, uh, again, another tool that's doing something for you 
that you should be doing for yourself. Uh, it's just just my opinion. Thank you. Appreciate the call. Absolutely right. You know, it's it's still. It's, you know, ultimately, it's still up to the voter to do the research. This is, you know, especially when you have so many candidates running, you know, this tool, I think, certainly pairs it down. Uh, but we know that there's going to be people that say, oh, well, I should vote for so-and-so. So they just, you know, well, fill in the bubble. Well, and here's another thing. I mean, this is a this is a product being put out by an entrepreneur. So mm-hmm. obviously he's looking to see what the results of this are going to be mm-hmm. to see. Uh, even in the article, he said he's excited about what this could potentially be nationwide. But I went to District 3. Okay. From District 7. Oh, okay? you moved. Nice. I moved. Yes, it was a quick move. <laughs> Took a mouse. Better seconds. Um, some of the questions are different. Oh, yeah? And there are some questions in District 3 that weren't in District 7 that are interesting because District 3 asked about a head tax. Oh. Now, a head tax was a huge discussion. Yeah, no matter affected the district, every right? district, mm-hmm. but that wasn't a District 7 question. Huh. Also, where you lean politically was a question in District 3. Now, that happens to be Kashama Sawant's district, but in District 7, that was not a question. Hmm. There are more questions in District 3 than there were in District 7. So that tells me that, yes, this is still a huge work in progress. If you're going to try and align somebody or, or give them a good indication, either have all the questions be the same and expand them beyond simply eight or nine questions, but you also can't have nine questions in one and eight questions in another. You can't yeah. have an uneven amount of questions. And a question as important as the head tax can't be left out of one district and included in another one. Here's another interesting wrinkle, okay? I answered all the questions in District 3 like a good socialist would. <laughs> good be- for because, you. Because I wanted to see if if I would if it would be the, the, the quick go-to to Kashama Sawant. Yeah. Well, it was a first-place tie, so there's another socialist running oh. against Kashama, which that's a scary thought in the first place. Uh, he doesn't have a Lenin lapel pin on his, on his blazer. Oh, okay. Uh, but an interesting nudge from the entrepreneur. Because since he's obviously looking to make this mainstream, there are a couple candidates in District 3 who have not responded to confirm the survey results. Oh. So a line vote has a little button that says politically nudge Kashama Sawant to complete our survey. Ah. There's a couple of them See, in District 3 that haven't done that. You have to, when you're, when you're doing this sort of a matrix, you have to put in you know, information about all the candidates. Yes. And if you don't get information, what, you I don't know, you just get an N.A., I guess. Now, they did put a disclaimer under the on the candidate's block that says stances have been drawn from their public statements, including forums, personal or campaign tweets, and their own statements on their website or in the media. Candidate has been invited to confirm survey results via email and remains invited to confirm or adjust their views by contacting us. So... By Kashama Sawant coming in a first place tie with someone who did complete the survey mm-hmm. and did get back to them, says, well, she may or may not. We can't really tell you based on the information we have other than the information we were able to compile. But it's basically admitting that she might not be a first place tie. She could be somewhere else based on how she would respond to the survey results. So it's already throwing in a giant wrench in its own statement that it's going to 
help you figure out who you're going to vote for when if they don't have full participation, it already throws a, a kind of a, a, a web over this as to how accurate it's going to be. You know what is amazing about this show, Rob, is we can talk about a topic like this and we can get a response from really all over the state. We have somebody who heard what we were talking about and drove all the way from Seattle in like 15 minutes. It's amazing. To to take part in this discussion. One Jeff Pogela from Como News. Jeff hey, Pogela. For, for how the are record, you? I, I didn't I didn't come in to uh, to join you here. Oh, okay? On vacation. Uh, oh right. On why vacation. are you ruining his narrative? <laughs> yeah. We seriously. didn't invite you in here to ruin his narrative. That's right. Well, because that's what I do. Just wait till uh, I get to you. Yeah, right. Great. The big <laughs> the big wet blanket that came we, in from Seattle. We Thank have a, you. We have a couple of minutes <laughs> well, before well, the let bottom let me, of the hour. Break. Have, okay. you, have you heard of this a I, line you know, vote I, thing? As I said, I've been on vacation, so I've, I've, this is not something that the council has put out there. This is something relatively new by someone who's independent. You mm-hmm. unplug, um, and yeah, you unplug. <laughs> You're on vacation. Yeah, you unplug. Yeah, it's it's. I know, having worked with both of you, you know that that's hard for me to do. Yes, yes. it is. But uh, and yet here you are. Yes, uh, the the problem with the city council races is that because of the head tax that you were talking about and the huge backlash that happened in Seattle amongst the business community, amongst the residents, everyone else, that prompted a whole bunch of people to register, uh, not only to vote, but sign up and uh, declare their candidacy for the elections coming up next fall, uh, or this fall, I should say. And seven of the nine council members are up for re-election. All the, the seven that are elected by district, because there's seven districts and there's two at-large uh, people. Those, those two at-large ones are not uh, up for re-election this year. Um, but there are dozens upon dozens of candidates that are just running, many of them, because they were upset at that head tax. Yeah, there's close to 60 that have declared overall across the... uh, Yeah, and filing week was uh, last month, um, and I I can't remember the the full tally in each of the districts, but, um, you know, it got to the point where uh, one of our co-workers... Um, at Como News, his wife was so upset, not specifically with the the head tax, but just with the council in general, um, was considering running for office, but decided against it after seeing how many candidates were in the race for that district. But one of the things that's interesting, too, with this before we go to break is of the six candidates that were listed that agreed with how I socialistically answered the questions in District 3. Which, by the way, DeWolf is also a very declared socialist. He oh. has been giving Shama a run for her money uh, as sort of the the ankle-biter dog nipping at her heels. Well, that's <laughs> good. So, that, that, yeah. that, that's wonderful. We have two Russian wolfhounds in the election. Um, however, four of the six have not answered a line vote survey. Hmm. That that were listed. So again, that tells you that throws into uh, question exactly how accurate the results are going to be when four of the six listed haven't responded to them with input. Going to take a time out here on the bottom line. News Radio six ten K O N A five four seven one six ten is the number 509-547-1610. You can email us too by going to the website 610kona.com. Go to the bottom line page. Send us your question or your comment. More after this.
Radio 610 KONA. Presented by McCary Meats in Basin City. Back at the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. Robin Ed with you on a Thursday afternoon, 547-1610, if you want to get involved. Joining us in the studio from Como News in Seattle, Jeff Pogula. And Jeff, I want to talk to you a little bit about... I think about... he took Chopper 4 here. <laughs> <Did> you... <laughs> Air Force. Air Force is the official oh, Air brand. Four. Oh, okay, you, want, you want to well. do the Les Nessman <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. while we're doing? That's right. I'm not dropping any turkeys. Oh, it's good, a, good. It's a few months too early. Yes, it is. good. <laughs> Sacks of wet cement. Um, but... Seattle is dying is is something that uh, Eric Johnson with Como put mm-hmm. together, uh, and certainly got a lot of attention paid to it. Now you, it was, that is an understatement. Yeah. Working in the newsroom, not only did you know we knew he was working on this, and this to be clear, this was for the most part his piece. He, it wasn't like a joint effort of the investigations department or all of that. It was. And a thing he wanted to do. And so and it, it tailed on some other stuff that he had done previously. But for whatever reason, that special, that hour-long special that he did, really touched a nerve. Not only in Seattle, obviously you guys have heard about it here, but nationwide it had touched a nerve. And it's been cited in uh, the legislature when they were in session working on uh, issues with the opioid crisis. Uh, And in fact, the city of Seattle has even hired a PR firm on contract to respond to what was uh, Reported in the Seattle is Dying special. You know, it, it, it was even used as a tool here by the Kennewick And by the way, the, the, the premise of it uh, essentially was that the, the city is asleep at the wheel when it comes to the opioid crisis and the homelessness crisis that you see some of here, but is just at phenomenal levels in Seattle and that they've been spending millions of dollars. None of the programs are working when there are solutions in other cities that uh, have been proven to be effective. And, I mean, it even had an impact here as the Kennewick City Council viewed uh, the documentary as at one of their workshop sessions. Because, look, let's be honest, Seattle maybe four, four and a half hours away drive, but in all reality, it's just on the other side of the state. And some of the same problems that occur in Seattle could very easily wind up making their way over the course well, of the Well, with mountains. the opioid crisis, they're all over the country. Cer- I mean, it's- no, certainly. There's, but but as, as you see, I mean, you know, we had our own homeless encampment issue not too long ago. And still some pockets uh, are dealing with it in the Tri-Cities in certain areas. Um, that that it's, 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 it's a constant... Uh, in order to prevent it from becoming a major issue, you have to be vigilant in order to keep tabs yeah. on what's happening yeah, and where it's going. It, it, there's no question about that. But, but that documentary put, I think, not just showed what's going on in Seattle, but showed areas that are seeing small aspects of it that it is, it's a real possibility that could happen in a smaller community, and a smaller community could potentially get overwhelmed by just the sheer numbers that could potentially wind up uh, coming into their area yeah. based on what we've well, seen. I, okay, since since you labeled me the wet blanket, I'll I'll, I'll play that <laughs> role for you. So, um, the the problem in Seattle is uh, is. Obviously, the opioid crisis, but it goes way beyond that. Uh, Amazon and its unprecedented growth in American business 
contributes to it as well. Um, the the skyrocketing homeless or skyrocketing housing prices. I mean, I just bought a place, uh, but it was up in Snohomish County. I mean, you know, I'm I'm over there. I can't afford to live in downtown Seattle. I work in downtown Seattle, but people are getting pushed out. And so the cost of living is going through the roof. So lower income people are being pushed out onto the streets. That's compounding the problem along with the opioid crisis. And what happens when people lose their jobs, lose their homes? Often they turn to drugs. Often, you know, they they turn to those things. They turn to crime. So it's sort of this self-repeating cycle that you're seeing in Seattle. Here in the Tri-Cities, and I noticed this when I was driving around, dropping my niece off at the swim pool just down the street just a few uh, minutes ago, you, you guys still have a lot of space to build out. Seattle is out of space. They have to go up. In fact, one of the big things this past week in the city council was the idea of more or less eliminating single-family home neighborhoods. Yeah, allowing, that's, that's a big issue. Allowing much greater density because Seattle's just out of space and everyone is coming in to work for Amazon, and Amazon's just driving everything up. So that causes the huge problems in Seattle. Yeah, you're right. You're four, four and a half hours away here. Stuff doesn't... Seattle's not on an island. You know, people can move and 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 travel and all of that uh but the other thing with seattle is that it's uh, how do i how do i put it because i'm trying not to opine here uh and and ascribe feelings to the to the city council uh oh i've got mine well yes but i'm you're a talk show host i'm a reporter um but it the approach is very different i'll put it that way in seattle versus the governments here in the Tri-Cities. So I would say that you're starting to see a problem here. And granted, I've not, I'm not here on a regular basis. I live in Seattle. Um, but you're not going to have it. It's not going to reach the epic portions, epic problems that you're well, seeing in the Emerald City. And one of the reasons that, that it probably won't is because what you do see a lot of elected officials here do is they do see what's going on. They keep tabs on Tacoma. They keep tabs on Olympia. They keep tabs on Seattle. And they try to put proactive things into effect to prevent that type of thing so that they don't get caught asleep at the wheel, so that mm-hmm. they don't wind up getting you know, a wave of things coming in that, oh, my God, what do we do now? We've never faced something like this. We don't know how to respond to it. You know, constantly, I mean, whether it's law enforcement professionals or whether it's government officials, they're constantly going to these conventions, Mm -hmm. clinics, so on and so forth, where these issues are brought up and discussed so that there are ideas out there on how to either get in front of or try to deal with, you know, those current those type of situations. What the residents around here are fearful of is exactly that, you know, becoming Seattle. I mean, you you know, the pictures of, of all the things that you see. And they are probably more vigilant in trying to control those issues um, and keeping on top of their elected officials to continue to be proactive. You know, I, I, I don't know that I would necessarily agree with that. You know, having lived and grown up here and then, you know, worked in Seattle for for a combined total of, I think, now 10, 12 years or something like that, off and on for, for two stints, I, what I will say 
uh, is different about the electorate in Seattle. Yes, they're much further to the left than they are anywhere here in, in western Washington or anywhere in the country, save for maybe San Francisco. Yeah. Um, they are the constituency in Seattle in particular, King County, but Seattle in particular, is extremely active. And they will let the city council know when they disapprove or when they approve. I have covered, I don't know how many city council meetings uh, at 4th and James in Seattle where the chambers are just packed. The council gets shouted down. The council even got into trouble last year over the head tax, not just, I mean, for wanting to pass the head tax, which you saw the whole community respond and say, no, this is not something we want. And, And so the council flipped on it. But that flip was done, according to some, behind closed doors and in violation of open meetings. The one thing about Seattleites is that they are very politically involved. They know what's going on at city council. They know what's going on in the King County Council chambers, and they will respond. Bottom line, News Radio 610 at KONA Thursday afternoon. Robin Ed hanging with you. Take a quick time out, come back, uh, chat a little bit more with Jeff Podula from Como TV or Como Radio. Coming up, we are going to talk with the assistant attorney general, Noah Purcell, regarding the ruling today on behalf of Hanford workers in district court. More of the bottom line after this. The bottom line, the only place that cares what you think. Call in now, 509-547-1610. Presented by McCary Meats in Basin City. Back at the bottom line, News Radio 610-KONA, 547-1610, if you want to get involved in the program. Uh, Robin Edwards, also joined in studio by Como News, Jeff Podula. And, uh, you know, we talked a little bit, Jeff, in the last segment about um, the impact that Seattle is dying has had. It was a mm-hmm. Como News product done by Eric Johnson. And um, kind of how wide, what, far-reaching it was, but yet... What kind of impact would you say, if any, it has had on uh, on the city council and in any kind of movement towards trying to address some of the things that were that were brought up in the documentary? There were very glaring failings on their part. Well, I is not being Eric Johnson, so I'm not you know no, but you tuned into city council. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But I would I would say that. Uh, the city council has you know, responded, like I had said, there was talk that the, the city had hired a PR firm to respond to it. Uh, but the way the city council itself is responding is based on pressure from the community that. How do I put it? it um, the the documentary essentially called out the failings of what has become the far-left ideology uh, in Seattle when it comes to this issue of homelessness and, and uh, drug addiction. It'd be and fair to say the far-left ideology in a lot of places well, when it comes to Well, well far-left is relative in Seattle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's far-left and, and then there's off-the-cliff left? Is that what you mean? <laughs> well, every, everyone is, is well aware of the political leanings of the Emerald City. But... Yeah, it's it. 
it flew in the face of liberal orthodoxy in Seattle. And it was something, why it touched a nerve, and this is just me speculating, is that it was something that was reported on in a way that no one had talked about before, at least in the Seattle media. It had been talked about uh, at community gatherings. It had been talked about uh, in neighborhoods. People were frustrated, but there was never anything, any face to put to that, any anything to point to to say, look, this is what's going on. And that's what I think Seattle is Dying did. And it gave the people that were frustrated with the homelessness crisis, frustrated with the opioid crisis, frustrated with the city of Seattle and how they're dealing with it or not dealing with it, as the case may be, depending on your perspective. Uh, It gave a voice to them and it activated them. And they are now responding. I guess the the biggest way they're doing is running for Seattle City Council. I mean, like we talked about a yeah. couple of segments ago, you have dozens upon dozens of candidates running for the seven seats that are open. Well, let's be honest, too, with the fact that four of the incumbents chose not to run again. Yes. That's also a, a, a pretty damning and, and And Mike O'Brien, who's one of the most left on the city council, again, relatively speaking, uh, he, but he is sort of the, how do I put it, the the environmental guy on the council. He also had put forward uh, a number of issues surrounding this in, in, in the previous term, not in the last year, but last couple of years. Like one was allowing homeless encampments on playgrounds and on city property. That got some huge pushback. Why would you even think that's a good idea? It, Especially in I can't speak for him. I can't, I, I can't speak for, for Mike O'Brien. Um, but I think with him, uh, with that issue, and then with the homelessness crisis, the Seattle is dying special, and then the, uh, the head tax debacle, he read the writing on the wall and said, if I run for re-election, I had a very candid conversation with him uh, after he announced that he's not running for re-election, and, um, and he, was, he was quite honest about it, and, and he, he, he felt that it was time for him to step away. And, you know, I, I, I can see how he realized that he would not be reelected should he run again. Oh, I, I think that there's probably a good portion of them. I mean, only three are running for re-election, and, and one of which, you know, maybe the most um, notorious of the Seattle City Council members, Kashama Sawant, has had okay, a... Okay, first off, let me stop you there. Hang on yeah, a second. No, no, no. Shama Sawant. I have been raked over the coals for mispronouncing that in Seattle. The K is silent. We're not in Seattle. Yeah. Yeah, Shama Sawant. <laughs> but, but at least pronounce uh, the name right. Shama so, uh, Sawant. Okay. Shama Sawant. Ms. Sawant. Uh, has has had a number of holes poked in her. Um, what's the right way to put it? Uh, in 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 her public image recently, um, the fact not that in her district though maybe not in her district, but the fact that she may be not the vociferous independent voice that many had believed she was for a long period of time. I don't think that there was any well, real... There have there, 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 been quite a few things pointed out there that she is more. She acts more on the behest of a group than we, she does And I, co- and I, I dug herself. into that. I covered that extensively. And, in fact, you know, had a conversation with the uh, head of the Seattle Ethics and Elections Commission. And uh, 
there was nothing, at least in, in his initial investigation, I'd have to go back and talk about it. You're talking about how she had deferred to the socialist alternative yes. group uh, on a lot of her decision-making and, and all that. And, and if you think about it, any elected official can come to any decision based on however well they want, whatever information they decide. It's still her vote in the council. Yes. So... But when you build a public perception that you are this, but but that a public perception is one thing, legality is another. No, I'm not. I'm not not crossing into anything of of legal or illegal. What I'm saying is that she had positioned herself as being this this vociferous, independent, anti uh, anti establishment voice who was speaking. For those that have no voice, but actually her voice wasn't her voice. It was the voice of the the group that has, that has been behind her. The, exactly. The socialist alternative group that has been behind her, which which I think is one of the things that opened her up to seeing a number of challenges, challenges in her district. Because as you alluded to, she's very strong in her district. She has she I mean, she won reelection. By the significant margin yeah. when she ran last time, but now there are some holes there that are that are making even fellow far 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 left individuals look at her in a different light but, but, and challenge her. But let me let me challenge you on this. Let me say, okay, so she adheres to socialist alternative orthodoxy, the party orthodoxy, and how she votes. How is that different than the Republican or Democratic caucus in Congress? I mean, most of them are whipped pretty good. Everything's party line. They do what the leadership tells them to do. Absolutely. But they don't campaign on being something Some other do. than... Well, they, they, you have a handful that, that, you know, you have your Justin Amash's. Um, but the overwhelming majority, there's a reason why they run on the platform and they run with the letter next to their name, is because they up front and publicly embrace and support the platform and, and ideology she publicly of that group. Embraced and supported the socialist alternative. But she claimed and she put herself out there as this staunch independent voice that she was her own person and she was anti-establishment. And then to come to find out later that it wasn't even as much about her embracing their ideas or philosophy, but that she was deferring to them and they were basically telling her how to vote. That's a little bit different. Now, again, being out front and you saying, make the, I am yeah, a Republican but, but, or a Democrat, and these these are the ideologies I believe in, and is Nancy Pelosi going to come after me if I don't vote along with her? Those are all things that are kind of known. But when you put yourself out there as being the island, and then you wind up taking the ferry back in... It has a different perception among those that you've rallied to your cause. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I'm not saying that, that, that she's doing anything different than anyone else. It's just she's now seen more challengers than she's seen before because it seems there's that ding in in what she, how she has presented herself previously. We're going to take a quick time out, come back with more on the bottom line. News Radio 610 KONA. Thanks to Jeff Podula from Como Radio for joining us for the last 30 or so talking about things over on the west side and speaking of which the solicitor general Noel Purcell will join us after this